0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles.
1: Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
2: With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
1: plus.
0: Oh, I was like, I saw you dancing.
1: I was Samantha was
0: dancing, y'all. She was getting ready.
2: <laughs> I was getting ready for the recording.
0: I'm like, has it started recording?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just doing my dance, just getting in the
0: yeah. vibe, you know
2: what I'm saying?
0: You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes, vibes. Hey, Jason. Hello, Samantha Dawn. Hello, Survivors. Hello,
2: survivors. Oh, man, I wish I was in unison with you. Oh, okay. You said listeners.
0: I said survivors. That's all right. Yeah. Survivors. <laughs> Our survivors out there.
2: <laughs> We're um, silly today. We're silly today.
0: We are silly. We had a good weekend. I think, you know, I think we've, we've been having a couple, tough couple weeks in general, and I feel like we needed a reset, This, you know? At least I did. I'm not going to speak for you, but uh,
2: no, you're I right. needed a
0: little reset. And, yeah. You know, um, so yes, welcome to Survivor Jazz a podcast in collaboration with Broadway World. Hey. Hey,
2: <laughs> happy June. This is coming out and it's going to be June, which is it's makes pride no month. No sense. Happy Pride Month. Happy June. Yes. The Tonys are happening. A lot's happening in June.
0: Yes, a lot is happening in June. June is
2: busting out all over. Do you get it, Jason?
0: Yes, yes, Thank yes. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, what I was gonna say was, you know, we saw some theater.
2: We did see some theater. You saw
0: more theater than me, but I saw a little bit of theater. Just a
2: little bit.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think maybe that's why I'm just feeling you good. know, a little recharged, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the good thing about theater, man. The arts really really are lifesavers. Truly.
4: <laughs> truly
2: is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we both saw Take Me Out. What'd you think?
0: I, so, mm, okay. Um. I didn't know much about this play uh, oh. before I got it. Before I bought a ticket, you know, I remember it was a revival. I knew about, it was about baseball, and I knew it was about you know, I knew the basics that it was about you know a, a black man that comes out um, as gay. You know, and that's why I, I got it. I was like, oh, I'm going to see the play. I'm going to see the support an LGBTQ story. Um, I love Jesse Williams, so Me
3: I didn't know too. much about it. And I didn't want to know.
0: I didn't really want to know you know too much about it. So I was pleasantly surprised. At the story, it was shocking. I'm not. I'm not talking about the nudity. I'm. I was. Just, I, the nudity is one thing, right? But the play is shocking. Like I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting a lot. You know, I was in a second row, and you know, it gets very intense. You know, I wasn't expecting it, it to get so, so intense, intense and so dark. So uh, there was a lot of audible gasps from me and other people in the audience. And yeah. I was. I'm a very vocal person when I see a show. But I wasn't in a second row. So I was like trying to like. Be like Jason, I'm like, bring it
2: down. Bring yeah. It down. <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't want your like reactions to get to the actors and then but it was so shocking.
0: It was shocking. Yeah, the end of shocking. act one. Hmm. I, I I had no idea that was gonna happen. So I was just mm-hmm. like, mouth was on the ground. Anyway,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I yeah, the same. I I really didn't know much about it. Um, shout out to Mike Heslin, our former guest. Uh, he was yeah. in town and he was like, I really want to go see this show. Like, do you want to go? And I was like, Yeah, I'll go. I love Going to theater, um, but mm-hmm. I didn't know much about it either, and it was um, shocking. Yeah, shocking play, <laughs> but like so well acted. The acting was phenomenal. Je- shout out to Jesse Tyler Ferguson who, oh yeah, really, really blew me away.
0: The acting was phenomenal, like phenomenal, and, and and obviously it's Broadway, right? So the acting <laughs> needs to be phenomenal. But Sometimes, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
2: was like, well, <laughs> just kidding. Everywhere. Well, the
0: expectation is there for it to <laughs> yeah. be phenomenal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think for, for example, Jesse Williams, he had this he had this this uh this in, this inner kind of like uh, inner tor- inner turmoil that you were seeing and that was like kind of cracking as the play went on, but like it, it never fully cracked, which I thought was so beautiful to watch. And you had like Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Who was just like you know he's him right he's he's him but he was still a different character like i forgot i was watching him right Be- but like he still had his like his jesse tyler ferguson nuances there right but it was still yeah. a different person and uh you know the racist dude holy shit <laughs> which i want to say his name so i have my playbook but go that ahead when i look at his name
2: yeah yeah that scene in act two like not to give mm. any spoilers to anyone The scene in Act Two in the interrogation room, I guess, is what you would say. Yes, yes. Jesse Tyler Ferguson is not there. (laughs) (laughs) He is not in that scene. Um, That, the levels, the buildup, you feel sorry for the guy. What's his name?
0: Michael Oberholzer, right? He's Shane, right? From my memory. Yes, Shane, yeah. you feel
2: sorry for Shane and and, and, and and to feel sorry for a character that's that horrible. I, I don't want to yeah, say he's yeah. horrible, but he is horrible. Yeah, but yeah. then you're like, is it his fault? Or there's like these levels of people in the world that like, don't know any better or is that an excuse but that scene in act two y'all there's a scene in act two i can't speak words today i want to y'all gotta words. get
0: tickets to see this play i don't i don't know <laughs> i know i know if the, the tickets have gone up and like are selling out because of the whole nudity scandal but y'all it's a really i was telling people it's a really great play yeah and also i also was like oh do we really need to play with like all men in it like originally and i was like come on it's like 2022 we need more women like we need more female stories but I was like whatever yeah. like I still want to see it but I'm so happy I did I'm so
3: yeah.
0: happy I saw that play I was you know, so moved and so inspired to create and like, that's the great yeah. thing about art is like you feel so good after
2: I love when you're gassed up Jason <laughs> I love when you're gassed up you I know, know what's like funny <laughs> <laughs> theater right
0: yeah seeing a good play like yeah I was literally like I was I was like I'm gonna read a play I'm gonna audition tomorrow I don't know an audition for uh-huh. I'm gonna, like I'm getting something. I'm Wait, I did something. the same
2: thing. I literally reached out to my old acting coach and was like, yeah. hey, I need to do some work. Yeah. Wait, so you know what you just said? You said, dude, we need to play with all men. I didn't actually realize this, but it's a directly across from POTUS, which is so fun because it the, is, or, yeah. there's a play with all women and then a play mm-hmm. with all men. That's kind of dope. I love that. Yeah. I do love that. But we need more um, women,
0: more women, more women in everything. More women in government, more women in theater, more women in film. Like we need more women everywhere.
2: <laughs> Pop in, I. Yes. Snaps to that. Um. Yeah. So go get tickets to take me out. I also saw American Buffalo yesterday with my mother. Mm-hmm. So I feel like David Mamet's plays nothing. There's don't not. <laughs> don't, shout out to Dawn. Um. Nothing ever really. Like everything happens, but there's no like big thing that happens. There's no like big like plot. They're just like life. You're just looking at people and and mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoyed that. My Bob was like, What happened? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's just life, you know, it's just a, a normal day and a normal mm-hmm. in these people's lives. Um, that play was so beautifully directed and well acted and it's so tight. And, and I mean and when I say tight, I mean it's like it's so good and tight, like everything is Good. Yeah, yeah. Am I speaking words today? This is <laughs> you guys. So go see American Buffalo as well. It's also, it's also, um, in the round. Not in the round. It's oh, you yeah. So U. you're like so <clears throat> intimate with these actors. These really, really incredible actors. Orange
0: Fishburne, Darren, Darren Chris,
2: Chris, Sam Rockwell, um,
0: Sam Rockwell, right?
2: Yeah, and so you're heavy like, hitters
0: are on Broadway this season. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just They're like, like on them. them. You're like <laughs> on these actors and. It it was really great. And the set and the props um, in the American Buffalo is so detailed and incredible. Mm. I literally was watching this. I was like, damn, the crew, the cleanup, the reset of the stage. Oh, yeah, There's so many moving parts to this set. And by moving parts, I mean like little props, but like so many. And I was thinking like, wow, does every single prop have to go back to where it was, which it does, right? Because that's (laughs) obvious. (laughs) and <laughs> like that is a lot of work so shout out to the yeah. crew and and stage management and prop yes. masters on on american buffalo because that was crazy so yeah. in conclusion everyone go see all the plays i love a musical but i've been really trying to drown in plays
3: yeah
0: and i feel bad because i didn't see american buffalo yet maybe i'll hopefully i'll get to see it but um Yes, the whole cast of of going back to really quickly, uh Take Me Out, like all the actors were great. I just wanted to make sure like it yes. was very clear. Like there were like everyone up there, like no matter like how big or the small or small the part was, was like incredible.
2: Yeah. Incredible. And also like shout out to all those actors. Like you're in a very vulnerable, vulnerable state oh, yeah. to be naked. Could like do full... that? could I? Yeah. I don't know. Depends. I don't know either.
0: I don't say I was like, I was thinking about it after I'm like, that that's, that's very hard to be so vulnerable and like,
2: and still do your work and not be insecure your about your body. Right. And I guess if you're like, all you know, so super hot, every single one of them. So yeah, super I guess hot. if you're,
0: you know, very physically fit, that may be a different kind of situation. Well,
2: wow go see, it. go see, go see American Buffalo, go support live theater.
0: Yeah, I know theater is expensive, y'all. But if you can, you should try uh, to support it and go out and see yeah. it. And you know, there's so many people like, you know, we're going to talk to Gabby. Uh, we're going to talk to Gabby Bean <laughs> today. We talked to her already. Excuse me. We, we just recorded it. Um, but, you know, like these are working actors. You know, they're not just, you know, not everybody is a star. Right. But these are other people who are working professional actors who deserve to be seen and, and see if their art shared, you know. So, I don't know. That's my little. My little, uh, or my soapbox, I guess. Tell
2: God, I love you, Jay. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and also like just to before we talk about Gabby Beans, I want to shout out to Gabby French, yeah, from Hangman, who was a past guest. So go yes. see Hangman. Jason and I are gonna try to get our butts over there. Yeah, Go go see it. We we got to meet her last night, IRL. Good person, she yeah. is just a gem and and such a good person and. So talented, and so shout out to her and Hangman, and go support Live Theater, y'all. Hangman, I believe, has another month uh, before they close.
0: Yeah, I think the city's said June 18th.
2: Yeah. So That's go right. see it. Go support it. Yeah, go support it. So um, just to jump into our guest today, we spoke to, uh, right before this, Gabby Beans, who is nominated for a Tony Award, y'all, and her show closed yesterday, and she shared yeah. space with us today, which I think is so cool. You know, typically I would feel like an actor who just did this huge run for this, like, beast of a show. It's a three-hour-long play, like, would be like, ah, I'm just closing my show. Like, I need a beat. She was like, nope, I'm here. I'm ready. Let's talk. Let's do the thing. She's amazing.
0: She gave some, like, she just gave so much. Like, so much. I'm like, how are you so focused and so open and so generous with your time after closing a show on Broadway, like, yesterday? Yeah, I don't know. I love I love people like that, and I think I we've been people. so fortunate. Yeah. yeah, we've been so fortunate to get to meet and and talk to all these really like beautiful spirits. Going back to Anastasia, right? Like, how wonderful and how fortunate are we to be able to share space with these people?
2: Right, and I feel like we learn so much from our guests as well. Taking
0: notes, girl. I'm like, well, I'm taking mental notes. You're not going to be typing while we're. But I'm like, oh yes. Oh yes! Oh
2: yes! yes. Oh yes!
0: What's yes. yes. happening next? Yes. Yes yes.
2: <laughs> yes! 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 Yes!
0: Yes! Yes! Yeah! 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 Anyway, should we do a bio. <laughs> yeah, I'll kick it off. Yes, please.
2: Gabby Beans is an actor, writer, and filmmaker based in the great city of New York. She completed her B.A. at Columbia University, double majoring in neuroscience and theater, and master's in classical acting from the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Some of her recent TV credits include HBO's Succession, CBS, the Good Fight, Netflix, House of Cards and Showtime's Ray Donovan.
0: Yep. Some of her past theater credits include Anatomy of a Suicide at the Atlantic Theater Company, Mary Seacole at LCT3 Lincoln Center Theater, Girls at Yale Repertory Theater, and The Wolves, which she received the Helen Hayes Award for Outstanding Ensemble in a Play at Studio wow. Theater in DC. Wow. She recently played Sabina in Lincoln Center Theater's Broadway Revival of The Skin of Our Teeth, for which she received a nomination for the Drama League's Distinguished Performance Award and a Tony Award nomination.
2: Tony Award nomination.
3: Wow. What did I How just incredible do? Incredible is
2: that. Yeah. It is incredible. Mm-hmm. So, well, you guys, enjoy Gabby. Get a
0: notepad. If you're if you're driving, pull over, get a notepad. You want to take these notes, notes and listen to her. Yeah. She has some good freaking nuggets of wisdom that you need G- to like nuggets
2: yeah get those nuggets <laughs> wait jason before we uh let everyone listen to her episode can you do the housekeeping
0: yes oh um yes so if you uh would like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts we would love that reviews help us for people to see our you know, get to hear our podcast, right? So anywhere, anywhere you listen to it, whether Apple Podcasts or Spotify or you know Podbean, feel free to leave us a review, five stars if, if if you can.
2: If you think we deserve it. Yeah, yeah.
0: What <laughs> you do doing? Just drop five stars. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, come
2: on. It's June. Happy it's Pride month. month. Happy Pride yeah. Month. Boom. Okay, guys, enjoy, Gabby. Hi, Gabby. Hello.
4: Hello. You You know what? I'm living, I'm laughing, (laughs) and I'm loving.
2: Hey, that's all we can do sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. So, happy Memorial Day. We're recording this on Memorial Day. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. Thank you for coming onto the show and sharing space with us. We're so happy to have you. Also, your show just closed last night. It sure did. And here we are all together the next day.
0: And you still got up for us. Thank you.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's it. It was it was obviously you know closing a show is always like very bittersweet, and it mm. was nice to have this. You know what I mean to to have something to jump into right the next day. So I'm happy to be here.
2: Oh, thank you. Oh, did, did you guys do anything for closing? Did you guys have like a little closing party?
4: We did. I mean, there was a lot of like doing a show during COVID times is its own special experience of life and i think it was just beautiful you know we had a lot of people out because of covid and it was a huge blessing that we were able to close the show with our complete company
2: oh that's amazing everyone was
4: feeling really excited and celebratory we did a little toast in the um lobby of the vivian beaumont theater where we do the show did the show and then afterwards, we head to we went to the pier on um, right off of 64th Street, right by the Hudson, and just nice. ate burgers and hung out, and it was really really nice. That's amazing.
2: That's so nice. I actually just started running on that path on the pier uptown. So so beautiful.
4: It's so beautiful. I'd never been there before. Usually I'm just like on the West Side Highway going downtown, going past all those big buildings. And I never yeah. knew that there was this in court, like gorgeous park down there.
2: Yeah. It's like a little kept secret, I think. Because mm-hmm. I, and then there's like little cafes
4: and tables. I'm yeah. like, who
2: knew? oh yeah it's cool <laughs> <It's
3: vibe.
4: laughs> I was like well you know when you work at Lincoln Center you don't really want to leave because it's like wow like <laughs> the yeah. plaza all the yeah. art wow here we are we're artists <laughs> and then I was like had we known that that beautiful park was there we could have done more outdoor hangs. so you know yeah. best you know you know things when you're supposed to know them I guess
2: exactly just in time for the summer now you have mm-hmm. some time off to go read a book do mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm have some wine, absolutely. whatever the vibe is. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the vibe is. <laughs> you want to kick it off, Jay?
0: Well, I, I was going to say, I want to start with a little temperature check, but she said, Gabby, you said you're living, you're laughing, you're loving. So I, I love that,
3: personally. That's true. It's
0: such great. A, yeah, I was going to say, it's just like a weird time in our country, and then also with the show closing, but you have this incredible audience uh, honor i'm gonna say of the tony nomination so i just want to check in and see how you're feeling and and how you were taking that all in in general
4: you know so i mean i feel so grateful and so honored i i never like this whole experience of doing the skin of our teeth has been a embarrassment of riches in terms of my experience when i auditioned for the show I didn't think I would I I didn't think in a million years I would get it because it's such a big part. It's such an incredible part. And I was like, there's no way that they're gonna like cast someone who's not famous in this role. And then getting the role was like like incredible and then <laughs> waiting to see if we would actually be d- able to do the production because you know the COVID of it all you don't really know if things will go through and then being able to do the rehearsals getting through previews getting to open the show that in and of itself would have been the biggest blessing of my creative life and then on top of that to be recognized that by the community it's just it's all gravy you know
2: it's all gravy. What did you say <laughs> to kick this off? You said it was an embarrassment of riches. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's like everything happening, I imagine you're like, wait, what? Sometimes it's like such an outer body experience when you're when you think about things happening and and success in your art and then it happens, you're like, wait, where am I? I feel like that sometimes. I'm like, wait, what happened? <laughs> like it makes no sense.
4: Yeah, and 100%. it's it's a little bit incomprehensible, but it's also, like, really delicious and enjoyable just to go along for the ride and to accept what's coming to you. And I think as actors, like, we are uniquely positioned in life to be, to make friends with, like, the mystery and the unknowing of it all, and... I, and, 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 and when these kinds of things come up, it's just like, you just have to enjoy it and you have to not take it too seriously, but, but just go along for the ride.
2: That's amazing. That's, yeah. Thank yeah. you for sharing all of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I do just want to jump in. So you're, you're just closed the show. You're having this great success. You're going to the Tonys as a nominee, mm-hmm. but you know, we imagine that we weren't always here at this point. So do you have a survival job that got you here that you could share a story from or a job that has positively impacted where you're
4: at right now in your career? So I have had so many jobs. I have had (laughs) so many survival jobs. Um, So just to begin with, when I first got out of grad school, I got my, you know, I, when I was in grad school, so I went to grad school for acting right after undergrad, which meant that yeah. I didn't know anything about life. Um, <laughs> and so in grad school, I remember, you know, I knew I wanted to come back to New York. I went to grad school in London. And oh, wow. um, I always knew New York was where it was supposed to be.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
4: was like, you know what? Um, so just a little bit about me I went, to, I didn't study acting in undergrad, I, I studied neuroscience and theater. I was a double major, but like, really my path that I was pursuing with great intensity was the path of going to medical school, becoming a psychiatrist and doing um, psychiatric research. So yeah. I worked in a lab for three yeah. years of college. I was pre-med and I, and I did a lot of student theater and, and that was clearly where my passion was. But, you know, I felt a lot of filial duty. I was like, listen, I gotta get a serious job. And... Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then in my senior year, I was kind of like, I don't know if I can actually, um, I don't know if I can actually, like, basically I had this awareness that I could either white knuckle it through the whole medical thing, or I could actually try to do what I wanted to do, which was act. So I instead of going to med school, I applied to grad school, luckily got into Lambda, went to Lambda, boom. So at Lambda, I'm like, okay, I'm going back to New York. Your girl's not going to wait tables. For some reason, I had this weird (laughs) ego around. I I was like, I I don't want to be that New York City actor. Yeah. And I will say right now, I was foolish. And that was a lot of ego and a lot of inexperience. Of course, the first job, survival job I have, that I am so grateful for. Because who knows what else I would have been doing otherwise. Mm -hmm. was working in my classmates' Sister's restaurant, and so I was able to to serve at her restaurant. And it's actually really hard sometimes to get a good New York City serving job because I live out here.
1: Yeah, so Mm -hmm. I was
4: really thankful for that because I learned like how to do that job, how to be in hospitality, whatever. And then right out of grad school, I had like five jobs. Like I was doing that. I was I was waiting tables at this place in Harlem called Row House. I was tutoring the SAT. So I was helping um, high oh school students prepare for their SATs. Yeah. I was doing freelance video editing for my friend <laughs> who had a podcast and would pay me a little bit here and there to like help um, do video editing for the video content for mm-hmm. his comic book website. I was like the door person at my friend William's um, art gallery because my friend William was the events person at this Uh, art gallery called the Eighth Floor. And so I would be the person with the clipboard being like, are you on the list? That's fine. You sound like me. Yeah, (laughs) that's like Jason's main survival job. So you (laughs) know that being the the door guardian. Mm -hmm. I was like, I did catering. I worked for this catering company and I I bartended. Um, I've done it all so wow. where do you want to start which job do you want to talk about, <laughs> to talk about my best survival job yeah my worst survival job
2: let's start with your best or like yeah. one that like sits in a, in a good place in your heart that you think has like brought you to where you are in some way if that makes so, any sense
4: <laughs> oh no I know what you mean and that job so like I said got into serving was waiting tables and um I always have been a big fan of cocktail culture. Like, I, I I've loved. I don't really drink too much anymore, yeah. but I I really enjoy like the artistry of of really great New York City bartenders. Like, mm. there's just a, it's an art. It is truly an art form, and the folks who who work in really good cocktail bars in the city are artists. Like, they train for years and years and they're incredible and I had always been a fan of that and um I applied so when I when I left my first serving job um I was working at this other oh this is funny I worked (laughs) at this place called spin and spin is this place in flat iron that's a ping pong bar I know this bar yeah slash club slash event space doesn't somebody famous own this Susan Sarandon yeah. used to own it.
3: Oh yeah. yeah.
4: And I actually have a really funny story about that that maybe we can get to later. But yeah, I was working there after working at Row House, and and at first the money was incredible. And literally all I had to do was walk around with a tray and like give hors d'oeuvres. So <laughs> it was an it was an insane job. Like I remember there was this one time when there was this bar mitzvah and watching 70 13 year olds sing mask off by future. <laughs> oh my god, socks on and no shoes. I was like the world is wide. So, oh that god. job ran its course when I was like I want to get a serving job where I can work 3 days a week, make enough money to feel comfortable and um and actually like be providing a service that I am passionate about. And So I applied to work at this place called Rain's Law Room at the William Hotel, which is a really, really incredible um, cocktail bar in Midtown. And luckily, Megan Dorman, who's the bar director there, decided to take me on. And that was my job, my like main job for like three years. Shout out Um, to her. And it was fantastic. Like the bartenders are so knowledgeable. I learned so much about spirit, different spirits, about the artists, the art of cocktail making. Um, and it was really great money. It was really late hours. You know, you're working like four to four sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it was a job where I put in my three days and I was good and I didn't have to do anything else. And that really allowed me to get serious about acting and to audition and to pursue my craft and be able to take classes and have a little bit more flexibility financially to be able to, um, to make the moves I needed to make. So I'm right. so grateful for that job. And I really, yeah, I I really loved it.
0: That sounds incredible. And to have that opportunity to like, okay, I'm going to work these three days. I'm going to be, I'm going to be good. and I can devote my time to to working on it, right? To working on what you're there to do. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Not everyone has that luxury. So that's, yeah. that's really awesome.
2: Oftentimes I feel like actors get so, um, like stuck in their survival jobs and, and consumed by them that mm-hmm. they lose what their meant Sounds like beautiful. what their intention is thank you jason i couldn't speak
4: words <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean here like let's just put it out there like new york is so expensive it is difficult it, it is like the the barrier to entry of having like just an okay material existence is so much higher than many other places in the world, let alone the States. Mm -hmm. And so when you're coming here to be an artist, it is actually like, you know, when I speak to students or whatever, one thing I tell them is find a survival job that you don't hate and that will make sure that you cover your bases. Now that's easier said than done but it is possible. And it might take a little bit of time, like getting that job. I wouldn't have been able to get that job if I hadn't had previous serving experience other places and felt really like a strong server, um, yeah. which goes outside of the hospitality industry might be like, what? Like, what do you mean a strong server? But it's actually like, a, you know, like the the job I was working was three different rooms. And you have to be good at that. You have to be good at like, putting on a, a smiley face for really demanding people for like 10 hours and knowing mm-hmm. every c- component of every cocktail, like it is mm-hmm. a skill. And, um and I will say also, like, I was really, I really benefited from having, you know, Megan Dorman, who I mentioned, who gave me the job to this day comes to see me in shows. She is an incredible person. And like, if you can yeah. find someone who respects the arts and respects artists, because we all know that like, probably the ma- one of the main um, employment demographics of the hospita- hospitality industry in, the, in New York is artists. Yeah. If you can find someone who actually respects art and who understands that you will be there to do your job, but that your passion is something else and who will foster that passion, then you will have such an easier time of it because I knew I could always come to her. I could always come to my managers and say, look, like I have a really important audition tomorrow. Can we try to switch my shift up? Or um, I need to leave early tonight. Mm -hmm. Like go to my, and I could go to my bartenders and go to my car, my, you know, my coworkers and be like, can one of y'all just watch the floor for the last two hours of the shift so I can go home and do this audition. And I had that. And, that is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all of those folks are like a huge reason why I'm able to be a working actor now.
0: I love that. Incredible. Let's flip it. Let's flip it and reverse it. Do you have one job that you absolutely hated that you were like, I'm never going back to this ever again, <laughs> no matter what happens?
4: Let's see. <laughs> you know, um nothing is jumping to mind, which is great. Oh, that is good. What I would say is, like, the first restaurant I worked in, that that was a hard experience only because I – it was because of a lot of environmental things and not so much because of the management or the place. For instance, I live in Bushwick. I have lived in Bushwick for six years. I was living here in my same apartment that I live in now, and I was commuting to Harlem. And so oh, wow. you finish the dinner shift at – at on friday at 3 a.m. take the a train to broadway junction switch to the j get home around 4:30 then have to wake up around 7 to go in for brunch the next day No, you're not going to enjoy your life too much no. so-
2: <laughs> and also so- those trains are not running like
4: correct at that hour 1000% and you know i would say that that was a that was a scenario in which Here's another little nuance that I noticed working in the hospitality industry. You will have, if like, it, it helps in the hospitality industry to like food and to like drinks and to have an interest in it. Yes. Part A, part B. There are people who get into opening bars and restaurants as a business. And there are people who get into opening bars and restaurants as a business. And also because they have a strong passion for the product that they're providing it is a lot harder to work at a place where the product and the experience are not at the forefront of what you are doing as a teammate of that establishment. So what I mean by that is when you're trying to upsell someone and you know that like what you're upselling isn't actually that much of an upsell when you're there to purely make money for the business and you're not actually feeling fully invested in the experience you're providing that's hard on your soul because if Mm -hmm. you're like me like i try to be an integrous person i don't feel right like you know trying to get as much money extract as much money from people on an experience that I don't fully believe in. And so that's, that yeah. was kind of hard about that job. It's like, it's a demanding job and you don't really fully like feel great about the experience providing. So that's mm-hmm. what I love about working. You know, I also worked at this bar called Patent Pending who my friend Alec runs. And when you work at places that at the forefront, like they're trying to do something really cool and that everyone there actually really cares about what they're doing and feels passionate about it and that's their vocation it's so much easier to work in that environment so that's why the first restaurant i worked at wasn't the best experience because it was really tough you know experientially and then also i was like i don't know if this is a spot where people feel like passionate about what they're doing yeah Wow.
2: That's really awesome that you like had that and recognized that because I feel like a lot of people don't. And while you were speaking, I was thinking, I read Kathy Griffin's autobiography years ago. And mm-hmm. in her autobiography, she says something like, No matter what I did, I was the best. I made sure I was the best at it. Whether I was a server, whether I was a host, whatever, I made sure to like love it and be the best at it. And then that's reflective of then her work and her career now. Right. And so that sort of reminded me of that. Like you weren't passionate about that. So you needed to find something that felt good, not just to do it to survive, but also to feel good. Cause we only have one life.
4: Absolutely. And it's, and you know, I think I'm a big, I don't know who said this, but I'm a big proponent of the idea of how you do anything is how you do everything. And yeah. Um, you know, even at that job, oh, yes. I still was doing my best, but you can feel an inner resistance where you're at a place that's really not aligned with your values as a person. And I think that that is another trap that a lot of actors get stuck in because this is a, this is a tough town. And you might be in a scenario where you're like, I don't Think that my worldview and my values and how I want to walk through the world is coherent with this place where I'm spending so much of my time and energy. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't understand it on a conscious level, you feel it. Like when you wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning and you dread going wherever you have to go, I feel like that's a really clear symbol and like symptom of you need to switch it up. Because you can't keep on eroding your soul in that way. Because that's when people get jaded and bitter and sad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then how can you, if you're feeling that way, how can you go back to your art, right? How can you like find these compassionate characters to bring to life in auditions and whatnot? It's like,
3: it's tough. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. For
2: sure. So I want to take it back a little bit to your early years of life. Um, Do you have a memory of what the first moment was when you were like, I'm going to, I want to act. Like, was there something, um, that, that inspired you or somebody you looked up to what was that for you?
4: (laughs) You know, I always loved acting a fool in front of others. (laughs) (laughs) I, from, I don't even, I can't vouch for this, but it feels like since I, you know, popped off on this planet I've always been trying to like you know tell jokes be silly Mm -hmm. and do performances so from like the earliest of early times I was doing plays for my family I was doing performances I was imitating movies and you know my parents didn't know what they were doing but they would always encourage that they would always be like oh my god that's so funny that's so cute yeah and and my (laughs) yeah and my mom you know the wonderful woman that she was put me, or that she is, she's still with us, still yes. with us, thank God. Um, She put me in dance classes really early on. So that was like my first taste of really performing for an audience, doing dance recitals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then um, around sixth grade, for whatever reason, I don't know what it was, but um, I was like, I think I want to be an actor. And I shared that with my parents. And they were like, that's cute, but no. <laughs> that's cute. Oh, my love. No, 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 no. So I was like, all right, they're not down for that. So maybe, maybe we do something else. But I always knew, I always knew that this is where mm. I was going to end up. And I always knew that everything else was kind of like, I'll, I'll get, I'll show you that I'm giving it this, this other stuff. It's fair shake, but I know yeah. where, where I'm supposed to be. And then. You know, my mom, you know, used to practice medicine. She used to be a doctor. She had to stop because she fell ill. But before she fell ill, she we, we she would go on medical conferences, and she would take us with her. And one of the ones that I remember the most was when she had one in New York, and she, as a treat to our family took us to a bunch of Broadway shows. So we went and saw Into the Woods. We went (laughs) saw Oklahoma. We saw The Lion King. I think we saw Beauty and the Beast too. And I was just like, this is everything. Like this is just it. And yeah, it it totally shifted. It like changed my DNA. I don't know. I was just like, this is where I got to go. And, um, And then in high school, like I did school plays and stuff. And I had this really incredible drama teacher named Joe Riley, who is just an incredible scholar and artist of her in her own right. And she would just have us engaging with this really incredible stuff. Like she had us reading Sarah Kane in high school. (laughs) (laughs) And like, and you know, I, I went to high school in Germany and she would organize like, theater trips to London so we would go like but the school would pay for us to go to London and um we went to see shows at the National Theater so I saw Fiona Shaw do Mother Courage and I saw incredible physical theater and all this like awesome stuff so I had a yeah. lot of really beautiful formative experiences that made me deeply fall in love with the theater
0: that's amazing and I'm so happy that your parents cultivated that for you
4: <laughs> i mean they did they did cultivate it yeah but then they weren't happy with what they cultivated
3: yeah oh yeah now
4: yeah. they're like okay, that's what i was okay. just gonna say
2: i think now um, they're probably like know. yeah
3: my
4: dad's yeah. on board mom's still working on it <laughs> kind of like you know you could always go to medical school and i'm like you know what that is accurate i could always go to medical school <laughs> <laughs> but hilarious. mom, I'm
2: also nominated for a Tony. So
4: Yeah. I think I don't know. I think I don't know what it will have to be. I think I'll have to meet <laughs> Russell Crowe for her to like <laughs> care because Russell Crowe is her celebrity crush. You know, oh, like when how... I was a kid, we would watch Gladiator all the time. I'm like, why does mom like watching Gladiator? Because
2: yeah. <laughs> she loves Russell Crowe. And then I was
4: like, yeah, oh, I, was... I know why mom likes watching Gladiator.
2: Sometimes. Yeah, we'll just have to That's get totally you an ridiculous. acting gig with Russell Crowe, and then she'll yeah, sign. Yeah, we're gonna on. manifest. Or I could that. just
4: accost him if I see him somewhere yeah. and be like, well, dude, please do this for me. Yeah. No. <laughs>
0: Okay, I have a two-part question, because we have a lot of younger people who listen to our podcast, a lot of artists that are are actors that are just starting out. Um, Do you have, can you just describe the audition process for Skin of Our Teeth, and do you have any, like, audition rituals that you you do?
4: Ooh, audition rituals, do I? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, the audition for Skin of Our Teeth came through my agent. Um, You know, you get an email, and at that time... Uh, they were doing the auditions on Zoom. So I got the material, I got the play, and um, I read the play, and I was like, what is this? Because it was <laughs> a crazy play. But There's I saw the part on right? the part. Say what?
0: Because that was a lot of time traveling, right? Or really? uh, you
4: could, it's, it's less time traveling and more like time is collapsed into this mm. kind of liminal moment where it's both 1950s to 1920s America slash the Ice Age slash the Civil War. It's it, the the play was <laughs> each it was like an anthology TV show. Like each act kind of gotcha. takes place in a different temporal moment in American history, but was also chronicling these like uh prehistoric prehistoric moments of um uh, of of environmental and social collapse but it's also a comedy so you can imagine reading (laughs) that it's like whoa what's going on here um but yeah like so it's less of a ritual for me I don't have any like well maybe I do but the main thing that I think uh that I've learned in auditioning is like I've learned how to prepare so that I feel good in the room and what that means for me is like if you it's for a play, reading the play as many times as possible as I is mm-hmm. before I get in the room, the whole play.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, because I find that when you when you start just reading the sides, you can get locked into half baked ideas about the who the character is and what their function in the story is. So mm-hmm. reading the play a bunch of times means that you get a more longitudinal view of like who that person is and also what the authorial intent is. Um, Mm -hmm. And then after I read the play a bunch, I like look over the sides and I just work kind of intuitively and figure out like, who does, how, how does this fit on me? Who do I know? Who have I seen that excites me that kind of will offer a way in to this person? And Um, I'm a person who usually like, I, I like to know my lines. I like for (laughs) theater. I think it's less important to be off book for auditions. Mm. Um, and if I'm ever in a spot where I'm like, I'm more focused on learning the lines than making cool choices about this material, then I'll just stop and be like, stop trying to learn the lines. But if you have enough time and luckily for this audition, I had a pretty good amount of lead in time. I try to know it as well as I can have the pages in hand just in case. And before i go into the room or the zoom room or real room whatever it is yeah I try to do some deep breathing and tell myself like i'm here to present what what i what excites me about this material and however they react to that is the way they're supposed to react to it and if they like my take that's cool and if they don't like that take it means I'm not the right person. And um, there's this actress, Denise Goff, who did People, Places, and Things. Do you guys know about her? She also did um, Angels in America. And she's a huge oh. hero for me. Yeah. And she has this philosophy about auditioning that is that I just recently learned about, but is like a complete game changer.
3: Mm-hmm. And what
4: she said is like, when you audition, yes, you're auditioning for the creative team, but you're also auditioning for the character the character is waiting wow. in the ether waiting for the right body the right performer wow. to bring them into this material plane and so you're you think about your relationship to them more so than you're thinking about your relationship to anyone else and if you are the right person for them there's nothing you could do in the room there's nothing you could fumble to to make for them to choose you because they pick you and so i'm like I love that idea. So yeah, yeah, that's a
2: really cool way to look at it.
4: Yeah. So when you, you know, when you get an audition and you feel sort of like protective over the character, that's when I know I'm onto something because I'm like, Oh, there's something in me that's connecting with this person. And that wants to be elicited through me. So it might just be through auditions and callbacks, or it might be in the full production and the full project. but. That's the exciting, that that makes like auditioning a little bit more exciting and a little bit less scary for me.
2: Yeah, for sure. I love that. That I makes total sense. Think, yeah, that's amazing. Um, I know we've talked a bit about your Tony nomination, but I want to talk a little bit more about it and and what that was like. Like what, how are you feeling about it? What was it like hearing your name? Did you wake up and watch the nominations or you were like, I'm going to sleep and wake up and see what's happening?
4: I mean, <clears throat> first of all, I'm going to say, well, so it's interesting, right? Like, n- <laughs> when you do a show on Broadway, which is this is my Broadway debut. Incredible. You know you, you, they, thank you. Um, people come up to you and, like, tell you about the performance. And a lot of people were telling me, you know, you're going to get nominated for a Tony. Now, <laughs> in my I mind... Miles. <laughs> Which way? Say what?
2: I just got chills when you said that.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm good. <laughs> but, um, but 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 the thing is, is like I I really just couldn't take that too seriously because I was like in my mind what that translated to was you really liked the performance and you thought mm. I did a good job and so that's as far as I went with it. I was like because I'm I'm not a very awards oriented person. Like right. my acting goals are not to like be an egot. <laughs> like <laughs> my, my acting goals are like to be able to pay my bills and do consistently good work mm-hmm. and work with really, really great writers and directors and artists. So I hear this and I'm like, that's very cool that they think that this is a Tony award winning performance or Tony nomination performance. Um, So then, you know, people around you start to like, so like Tony's like, is this going to happen? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? They're sort of, yeah you know gently tiptoeing around the idea and i'm like i don't know and honestly i don't care <laughs> and, yeah. it's about the um, work for
0: you right <laughs> say what it's about the work it's about the work you it's know you like work. work i i,
4: I, I have been on stage in two we- two years mm-hmm. and i'm just that's what i'm there for and that's what i'm focused on doing the show and so then like there was some announcement around like where i would be categorized I guess. And I saw that and I was like, all right. And then I knew, I did know when they were going to be announced. And I was just like, you know, this would be really cool if it happened, but I just can't put my attention there. Um, So the day before I took a melatonin and (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to sleep and I'm going to have my normal morning. I actually had to do a workshop the next day before the show for a new play. And I just did my thing. I, like, cleaned my room. I did the dishes. <laughs> I washed my face. And then I looked at my phone, and I had, like, 50 text messages and, like, four calls from my manager. And I'm like, I don't think that this would be, like, people saying, I'm sorry you didn't get yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> at least I hope not. And then I called my manager, and he was like, you're nominated for a Tony. And um, it was just fantastic. It was, like, such a cool day. It was really nice. So many people saying congratulations. It was just really sweet and I was like, okay, cool. Like and then I was more even more excited when I found out like our director, Liliana was nominated. Yeah. Got a like ton of the designers, I think pretty much all, most of the designers were nominated for Tony's. Yeah. And um and it was just cool that like our show that we had put so much work into and like care about so much was like being acknowledged in this way.
2: Yeah. Wow. You're like I washed my face. <laughs> well, Just here's a the normal
4: thing. day. Here's the thing, like I am about like in my artistic path, like I I'm about my personal relationship to my creative energy. And I don't want my relationship with my creative energy to be dis- defined by anything outside of myself and my mm-hmm. collaborators. So it's actually kind of like a spiritual practice for me to not be too attached to any of the results of anything I do, because I think it's really like, especially with theater, when it's a live art form and you are being in space and in communion with people, it's really like important to be pure about that and know that that interaction is the most important aspect of, what, of your work. So... I'm not trying to say that I'm not grateful and that I don't love it and that I'm not psyched because I'm all of those things. But I wanna be psyched about my work when I'm not nominated for awards. I wanna be psyched Uh, about my work when people, maybe other people aren't excited about it because that's the life, you know? And and so that's kind of my approach you
3: so better cool. preach yeah. <laughs>
4: <I'm> like, <laughs>
2: we need more artists like you who are just like pure right you're doing it for the art
0: at the end of the day like... exactly
2: nothing else but, like... but also
4: like we're on the survival job you know this is your your podcast is like awesome because what i think is important is that you have to like this this life can be really difficult and and it's really important that like the thing that you love most about doing this job is actually doing the job is actually like reading scripts and learning lines and being in the room and thinking Mm -hmm. about the character. Mm -hmm. And I think like, for me, centering that means that I can feel really grounded and like actually kind of chill about other stuff happening.
2: Right. Right. That is, I think why we love this podcast because we do it for the work and for the way it makes us feel. And sometimes that means after a gig, having to do another survival job mm-hmm. because because we want that opportunity to come again. And sometimes there is a beat. And, and to your point earlier, you want, you won your goals are to pay your bills from your work. Sometimes we have to pay our bills and, and, and do whatever that, I can't speak words today, you guys. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) we have to pay our bills. And whatever that means to then do the work and do the art, that's what it means.
4: And it has to be your priority, right? Like, I'm going to share this. Last year, I was working a serving job. At the end of last year, because I had funded a short film that I produced. It went way over budget. Your girl needed to pay off her credit card. and. (laughs) And I was, and luckily my friend Alec, who's the head bartender at this place called Patent Pending, I was like, dude, like, can I come work for you for a couple months? And he was like, absolutely. And I was able to go back to do that. And, you know, after not having worked a quote unquote survival job for uh, for a few years, my ego was flared up a little bit because I was like, wow, like, it, it you know, you can you can you can really make yourself suffer a lot by telling stories about where you should be when and and when is and and like what you shouldn't shouldn't be doing. And the fact of the matter is is like to be able to work and to be able to provide for yourself in any capacity is a huge blessing. And I'm it's so true. grateful that, like, whenever acting is slow, I can always, Call up Megan. I can call up any of my friends at one of these fabulous cocktail bars and be like, Hey, can I do a couple months? You know what I mean? On the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And make sure that things are covered. And you can't have ego about that because Mm-mm. you know it that it is what it is. And speaking of like doing the job so that you can do the job, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> we, we talked about spin and Susan Sarandon. So my first TV gig with my now manager, Bernard, who I've been with with for many years was on Ray Donovan. And, um, and my scene was with Susan Sarandon. And so in the morning, I went to this, this, this loft in Tribeca that I think was owned by the one of the founders of AOL, which means it's one of like those lofts. There was a rock climbing wall in his (laughs) living room. (laughs) I was just like, this okay. is another level of, yeah. of wealth. <laughs> yeah. And so I do my scene with Susan Sarandon and it was really cool. She was really cool. That night I went back to sp- to spin and was slanging hors d'oeuvres. Yes. That's the life.
2: Wow. I love that story.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because
2: it is. It is the life. Mm-hmm. One second. Jason used to say like when we were serving together. What did you say, Jay, when you were like on set one day, you're like, damn, yesterday I had my own trailer. Yeah. Today I'm serving margaritas.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When I broke that co star for Mr. Robot, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is incredible, you know? But then you're like, oh, okay. That was just one day, you know, and you're back to doing the work so I can have more opportunities on set
4: again, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So.
2: Shout, shout out to Susan like, Sarandon. You know? Yeah. I'm oh,
4: so sorry. I didn't. I interrupted you.
2: That's okay. I talk over everyone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just was saying, shout out to Susan Sarandon.
4: That's right. <laughs> shout out to a politically active, incredible actress queen.
0: Yeah. Queen. Well, that's so funny because that's going to be kind of my next question. Did you read our Google Doc? <laughs> I was going to say you've worked alongside like Robin Wright and Mandy Patinkin and Susan Sarandon among others. Do you still get, I'm not saying do you still, do, do you get nervous when you are on set with these like kind of legendary other actors or like, do you feel prepared enough always that you're like, I got this. I don't care who I'm acting alongside. Like I know what
4: I'm doing. I think I feel, well, I used to for sure. I was super scared on that set. Mm. But what you got to do is you got to just tell yourself, I'm here for a reason. And especially if you book a role opposite someone like that, it means that a lot of people had to say yes to you. Because if you're, if you're acting opposite the number one or the number two on a show, it means that a lot of people who have a lot of decision-making power had faith in Mm -hmm. you. And even if you don't have faith in yourself, you just got to tell yourself, they believe I'm supposed to be here. So I need to act as if I belong here, even if I don't believe it. Fake it till you make it is great advice. Um, yes. But another thing I will say is when you're working with a really, really incredible actor, you can actually be way more at ease because um, Jessica Hecht, who's an incredible actress, I watched a masterclass with her once and she gave this advice, which I totally agree with, is when you're working with like a really really heavy hitter Your, especially with film and tv mm-hmm. your job is just to listen your mm-hmm. job is to be is to listen and to be as present with them as possible you don't have to come up with ideas they will br- give you so much that if you just react naturally to what they're giving you you're going to be golden so if anyone out there is like booked a job and and you see and you get there on the day and you see that you're going to be acting so like opposite someone who you really admire just know all you have to do is be there with them because those actors on that level are giving so much just by their presence that if you just respond to that naturally you'll you'll be great and also just know like one thing i i tell myself is just be prepared and also um Meet everyone like you're meeting them, you know, like you're actually meeting them. Put aside what you know about them and and about their career, and just know that in that moment you're coworkers, and wow. and if you can just meet them on that day like a normal yeah. person, you'll be fine. Like because they are normal people at the end of the day, a thousand percent. We're all just people. humans. Yeah. yeah, and like we, it's weird because we have these parasocial parasocial relationships with with people who are. Um, very famous in our industry but if you can put that aside like you'll be fine like okay so I have to tell the story so um please uh like a like a last week I went to this thing called the drama league Luncheon, and um and it's a very cool and crazy event but they like have like certain seatings of who you're sitting next to so they line you up and then you sort of parade into this ballroom (laughs) and then you sit and eat lunch in front of a bunch of people and it's very cool and um so they're lining up me up, and um, the person they seat me next to is none other than Miss Patty LaPone, and wow. I nearly <laughs> soiled myself. I was yeah. like, "This is <laughs> this is some next level stuff." Not to mention that yeah. the other people who are well, actually, let me just say this. So the seating was so there was a podium. It was Billy Crystal, Patty Lapone, me, d Dee O'Connell and Lashans. That was just one wow. time. I'm not going to keep on name dropping, but Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um so in that moment I I got really scared because I was like I have been watching you my whole life. You are yeah. perhaps one of the most like if not the most one of the most beloved and honored Broadway performers and performers mm-hmm. in general alive and around yes, right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. and I was just like you know what you just gotta meet her just right now in this moment and so I, I you know I went up to her and I was just like Patty it's really cool that I'm gonna be able to have lunch next to you and she was like oh yeah and we talked and she shared like her own insecurities about industry events and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I was just like it was just really reassuring that someone of her stature and immense talent and grace would still feel a little bit of nerves or, a, about being in certain rooms. So wow, the nerves are normal and you just got to, you know, know that you're supposed to be there and, and meet people where they are. Thank you for wow. that.
2: Yeah. Patty LaFone. I do. I want to share a story <laughs> with you. So my, my roommate was actually at that lunch. Um, my email keeps going off. I hope you guys don't hear it. Mm-mm. Great. Um, so my roommate was at that lunch, and I was telling him how we we're going to have you on the show. He loves Shoshana Bean. Like, he is a Shoshana Bean head. He was like, oh, my God, she made a funny
4: joke about, you did, about the beans all being <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was a three bean salad. It was me. Three <laughs> beans. It was Shoshana Bean it was Beanie Feldstein Beanie. I couldn't could not I was like I was just psyched that ni- neither Of them stole my joke I was, like, <laughs> I was like oh I gotta make this joke And then I was you know I had to say the beans Representation moment yes. um, it, was it was great It was great to be there with those very the Three prolific. beans salad yeah, I was there you know they, I'm trying to just get up To that bean like they were they, they walked so I could run You know what I mean yeah. like I those that. beans Really they those got beans. out there that I could bring <laughs> more honor to the bean name.
2: I uh, <laughs> love that. Um, so I don't. I, I can't remember if we told you that we end every episode with a game. I think I did. And if we didn't, if I didn't, then surprise. <laughs> <I love laughs> we end every episode with a fun game. But before we do that, we do have one more question for you. Thank you for sharing this space with us. You have spit so yeah. much wisdom already. Right. Uh, but we do want to end with asking you, do you have any advice that you'd like to share with some of our listeners or aspiring artists that you've maybe received from somebody else or advice that you would like to share on your own.
4: For sure. I mean, um, Oh, I, I think the main thing is like, there are going to be a lot of different opinions that folks give you as a young actor or as an actor at the beginning of their career um, about how to make it work, how to, get opportunities, how to move forward so that you can work more and more and more. A lot of like business related stuff around like reach, how to reach out, how to have a website, how to have this, that, and the third. All of that is very important. But I want to say the most important thing is listening to this like podcast. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is figuring out how to have a life that doesn't suck outside of your acting career you need to make sure that you have friends that that support you and that (laughs) who light up when you walk into the room who who you know like my friends have all all of them when this tony nomination come out we're all like we knew it Mm. and i didn't know it but they knew it and my whole you know whenever i've had doubts and those are gonna happen where you have the dark nights of the soul and you're like i don't know if i can do this crazy career you need to have the people around you who are going to say, We believe in you. You are talented. Your artistic value, your, your artistic point of view matters. And that we're gonna who are gonna lift you up in those times of difficulty. You need to have a job where you don't absolutely hate going in every day. Mm. You need to, to do things outside of this work and outside of trying to get auditions and whatever that really feed you as a person because that's what allows you that when you get in the job you can be open in the room you can be vulnerable you can be compassionate and you can be truly expressive because if you're not you know uh um lauren hill said it how you gonna win if you ain't right within you know what i mean like yes like (laughs) you gotta do that so my biggest advice is find like be relentless in your search for what feeds you not only as an artist, but as a person and foster that and cherish that and make sure that your bases are covered as, as who you are aside from all of your aspirations and, and your creative wants. And um, and just practice as much as you can. Like if, you, if you're not at the point where you're um, getting a lot of auditions, do self-tape practice like find someone and just do it if because like the main thing with auditions is the you got to get the reps in if you the more you do it the easier it becomes so if you're not necessarily at a place where you're getting a couple auditions a week do your best to just like stay in class if you can afford it um Mm -hmm. or find or if you can't do that um find a friend and shoot a scene from a show you like every week and do your take on it whatever you can just to feel like you're an artist. Aside from when you get the per- permission to be an artist, mm-hmm. is 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 really key,
0: Gabby. That's amazing. You. you got me tearing up, girl.
4: <laughs> I love that. Yeah.
0: I just feel like I know you're ready for some reason. Like I
2: don't know.
4: Hey, um, listen, we're all on the same crazy ball of whatever it is. The, the earth ball. Yeah. So we all know each other. We're on yeah. this crazy ball, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. Gosh.
0: Actually, one more thing, because I, I feel bad, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I know that you made a, a short film that you talked about very, very briefly, and I'm, you know, I'm all about like I started a film festival and like I do film as well.
2: Amazing. I think it's so
0: important for. He's um, amazing. Thank you, but um, I just think it's so important for us to highlight women filmmakers, especially Black female filmmakers. So if you want to talk about your short film, maybe where we can watch it or like before.
4: Absolutely. So, um, yeah. so the short is currently out to festivals, so we'll see where okay. it ends up premiering, but mm-hmm. it's a short that I wrote um, and that was directed by a buddy of mine, George Nicholas. And, um, and it's a short that, so living, this is, this, I think this is on brand for this podcast, yeah. living in New York, you got roommates. Some are good. Some are bad. I had a bad two year run where I had some horrible, horrible roommates and so i decided as a way to purge that experience from my being to make a film from the perspective of an amalgamation of a character that's an amalgamation of my two worst roommates so we go through a night in this man's life as he is locked out of his apartment and we see him go through bushwick and 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 sort of ignore that like the home he's trying to get to is actually the home in all the people in the neighborhood that he is neglecting to meet on a human level so it's a sort of a dark comedy about sort of a douchebag who is uh, missing the point and (laughs) and so yeah so it's it's um you know i'm excited about seeing where it goes and
1: if there's more news i'll
4: let you know yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll share it on the podcast and on the Instagram so thank people you. can That's check really it nice out. Of you guys. Thanks. Yeah, of yeah. course. Okay. Thank you so much for all this. You are amazing. I'm like this listening to you the whole time.
4: They know you. I You're
2: know. so wise and you speak so intelligently, <laughs> intelligently and, and, and beautifully. So thank you so much for coming on. I know that you just closed the show. And so it was so nice to share space with you and we're going to be watching you girl at those Tony's.
4: Whew, you know, I'm an underdog, but, you know, we I don't do. count myself out. I never count <laughs> myself out. That's right. But you Demar. know what? I don't, win or, you know, we don't care, win or lose. You already won. Getting yeah. to be on that list. No one can take that away from me. I'm on a list with LaShawns, y'all. Alicia. Yes. She is. Queens. With Didi O'Connell. <laughs> with Ruth Naga. With Mary Louise Parker. <laughs> yes. What life is good,
2: and you know what? They're on a list with Gabby Beans. Okay, True. So there that's, we go. That's, that is factually
4: correct. <laughs> so
2: <in> the, <laughs> it is factually correct. So in the spirit of the Tonys, we thought we would end the, the show today playing Tony Award trivia. Ooh,
3: <laughs> I'm gonna be horrible at
2: <laughs> this. <just looks> like... <laughs> we
0: we give you lots of lifelines if you need them.
2: Yeah, so. oh, great. And we cheat. <laughs> So <laughs> we'll tell you the answers. Uh, okay. okay. Good. <laughs> Jay, you want to take the first one?
0: Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, what? Just multiple choice. What year was the first ever Tony Awards? A nineteen or sorry, eighteen ninety seven.
4: Nope. B <laughs>
0: nineteen forty seven. C nineteen seventy seven or D nineteen eighty
4: seven. Nineteen forty seven. Boom. Yes. See, we're off to a good start. <laughs> Thank you. That was a softball, though. <laughs> okay, next one.
2: True or false? The Tony Awards were named after Tony Bennett after his one-man show at the Winter Garden Theater.
4: <laughs> no. I know that's not true, but that's hilarious. <laughs> Shout out Tony Bennett.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Two for two two for two the Tony Awards were named for Antoinette Perry an actress director producer and the dynamic wartime leader of the American theater wing. shout out shout
0: to Antoinette. Antoinette yes Antoinette okay question three which of these legendary actors has never won a Tony a Viola Davis b Glenn Close c Betty White or d Whoopi Goldberg
4: Betty White Yes, ding, ding, ding. You said you weren't going to be good at this. I actually, you know, you got to undersell and (laughs) overdeliver. Wait, what did Glenn Close win for? I don't know. I just, I just, (laughs) I knew, I knew Whoopi did, yeah. And then I knew Viola did, Viola. And I, and I, and I I know, I, I just, yeah. That was kind of, that was kind of just my gut. Yeah, (laughs) one of my favorite things to
2: do is watch the clip of Viola at the Tonys when they used to when when the when the plays used to do monologues when the plays used to do monologues they were performed. Ooh, it's one of my favorite clips to watch.
4: Oh, I'm gonna watch that right after we talk.
2: Oh, I think so. I think as
4: well. I will as well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, talk about a powerhouse. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Jason. Sorry to go off topic, but Jason was just telling me before we got on here that she is getting. Shit for for the that first, new show. It's making yeah, me mad.
0: First, yeah, the first one wa- the first ladies, first ladies.
4: Oh, her for because she of her depiction of Michelle Obama. Yeah, but I was watching.
0: I just started watching it last night, and I thought I was like, "Why are they like coming for her?" I don't.
2: Nobody I, needs to be coming after Viola ever. By the way,
4: listen in this yeah. day and age, you could get come after for like people just want to come after folks. But, true, true. And she she's the you know she does not deserve it, but like. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm excited to watch her work, and no, nothing can take away the fact that she is one of the most incredible actresses of our literally, time. Literally of all time. And then <laughs> like, all I was going
2: I was about to be like, and people like I know her, but I feel like I do. I'm <laughs> like, you know her. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's amazing. Her up, Viola. <laughs> She's like, put her on. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Okay, back to the game. We have one more question than a bonus, but you're killing it. Okay, true or false. Slave Play had the most Tony nomination for a play ever with twelve.
4: I think that's true.
0: Ding ding ding, yeah. yeah.
4: And then they didn't give them any any. We oh, were just talking one. about that last night, yeah. We were talking about that last Yeah, night. that was that was that's wild. Yeah talking lots on
0: yeah. the there <laughs> we don't have i mean
4: time <laughs> a lot to unpack so not really a quick fire fun game yeah <laughs>
2: yes yeah. we can do a follow-up episode <laughs>
4: yeah a <laughs> shout out to that whole team because they did that that was an incredible piece yeah, yeah it really
0: was and for the bonus which you don't need because you already got 100 but let's go for over 100 <laughs> Skin of Our Teeth has how many Tony nominations this year?
4: <laughs> six! <laughs> yes! <laughs> wow. The show
0: is currently nominated for six 20, 2022 Tony Awards, including Best Direction of a Play, Best Sound Design of a Play, Best Lighting Design of a Play, right. Best Costume Design of a Play, Best Scenic Design of a Play, and Best Performance <laughs> by an Actress in the Leading Role of a Play. Hey, hey,
3: hey, 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 Daddy. hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah.
2: yay wow Can, you really killed that game i'm i'm really proud i know of you.
4: right really well see the reason i thought i was gonna do bad is because at the press event for the tonys they were asking me like all these questions like if you were a musical lyric who would you be i'm like <laughs> Bro, i forgot all the musicals i ever saw like if you or were like, they were like you could like what's your favorite broadway show from history And i'm like i have only basic answers so i really i was like i was really scared i'm you're like uh i'm an off-broadway child okay like that's where i came up you want to ask me about off-broadway i'm there yeah.
2: <laughs> if you were a musical lyric oh what would you be that's an interesting question
0: yeah we're gonna ask that for our next our next guest
2: <laughs> yeah I think we'll yeah, you steal can talk that. to
4: someone else with that one. Yeah I think we yeah.
2: I think we will.
0: Oh my gosh, that's funny.
2: Thank you so much for coming on. I know we've said thank you a million times, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This was amazing. I can't yeah. wait for everyone to hear this episode. I think it's a good one. I think it's a good one.
4: <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. This was really Jeez. fun. Thanks for having me on, y'all. It's uh, an honor yeah. that you would even deem my opinions worthy of being shared with your audience
0: <laughs> Thank you. do you want to drop your socials so people can follow you if they're not following you already? Course,
4: but of course so on instagram i'm at gabby beans gabby unfortunately with one b g uh I that. yeah because there's another gabby beans who is a scottish marine biologist oh, who, wow. be- who beat me to the punch for the gabby beans on instagram but wow. so i'm gabby beans one B in the Gabby. And then on Twitter, I'm at Ooh, love, love a pun.
2: That.
3: Yes.
4: <laughs> love a pun.
2: And if y'all are tuning in because you're a Gabby fan and you don't follow us, follow us at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook at Survival Jobs Podcast. Follow my boy Jason at Jason A. Coombs.
4: Or oh, at Sammy Tut. To- Yes,
0: girl. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in.
4: Thanks, y'all. Thanks, everybody. I hope this was helpful. Yeah. (laughs)